What up, it's Cal and KO, brought to you by Anchor. Let's get right to it. Week 7 NFL football starts tonight. Kansas City Chiefs at the Oakland Raiders. Division game, one of the last two games that the Chiefs will play in the black hole. I hope it's going to be a competitive game. I hope so. Kansas City has still has the best record in the league. Power rankings have them number one. Oakland Raiders looking to finally get back in the win column after uh, losing four straight. Derek Carr is going to be back for his second week. We'll see if the Oakland offense is going to be able to uh, get their mojo back and, and compete in this game and and try to tighten up this race in the AFC West before the Chiefs just completely go ahead and run away with it. I, I got Kansas City. They're the favorites, but I expect it to be a close game. Should be a good one. Uh, Buffalo versus Tampa Bay. Is Winston going to play? We don't know. If he doesn't play, I don't give Tampa Bay much of a shot. Buffalo's D is on point. Carolina's going to Chicago. Is this going to be a bounce back game for Carolina after losing a close one to Philly? Or is this going to be another win in this new Trubisky era? Is the streak going to continue for Trubisky? We'll see. Tennessee's taking a trip to Cleveland. Tennessee looks good. Mariota's pretty solid. Hopefully he, he's fully recovered from the hamstring injury. I got Tennessee to win that game as well. New Orleans goes to Green Bay. New Orleans normally doesn't play very good on the road, but this will be Green Bay's first game without Aaron Rodgers. He's out for the year. I got New Orleans to beat Green Bay, but it wouldn't surprise me if they lost. Hopefully Hundley can keep Green Bay in the game. He's been their backup for a few years. He knows the system. Hopefully he'll be able to perform after he did got to, gets his practice with the, uh, the starting squad. Another division game. Jacksonville takes a trip to Indy. You know I'm I'm not really sold on either of these teams. Jacksonville's got a defense that plays pretty solid, but I'm not really sold on Bortles yet. Fournette, I'm not sure if he's going to be playing. He went down with an ankle injury. Indianapolis, they're just all over the place. I'm starting to believe in Brissett. Andrew Luck had another setback. We don't know if he's going to get back on the field anytime soon. They had a good game last week against the Titans, but I'm still not sold on Indy as well. I got Jacksonville to win, but that, those division games with teams that got different holes, you know, it really depends on what's going to happen on that day. Speaking of other division games, this game I'm excited to see. It's going to be the LA Rams versus the Arizona Cardinals. Arizona's looking good. Their defense is pretty solid. That offense has came around. Arizona looked really good last week with the addition of Adrian Peterson in their starting lineup. That game could go either way. I'm picking the Rams just because they're at home. That's really it. We got Miami at home against the Jets. Another division game. I guess I'm going with Miami. I don't know why. That that game could go either way. And Jets D's been playing pretty solid. Miami's been playing pretty decent. I'll just stick with Miami. They're at home. Minnesota versus Baltimore. Baltimore's offense is struggling. And Minnesota has a very solid defense. I'm picking Minnesota at home. A game that would have meant something back in the 90s. The Dallas Cowboys against the San Francisco 49ers. I, I wish this was Aikman against Young. Rice against Irving. I wish it was those days, but it, it's not. Those days are long gone. I hate to say it, but Dallas should beat the crap out of the Niners. But no, that's really it. Dallas should stomp them. 
Seattle at New York. Will New York get their second win? They normally say these wins and losses come in twos. Are they going to get their second win in a row after starting out, what, 0-4? Or is Seattle going to play well on the road? They're looking better. That should be an interesting game as well. I got Seattle. Pittsburgh versus Cincinnati, division game. Pittsburgh's hit or miss, but I think they finally turned the corner. I'm going with Pittsburgh. And then here's one. The L.A. Chargers are favored to beat the Denver Broncos this week. It's a home game for the Chargers, even though they're in a new city, playing in a new stadium. I can't pick the Chargers. I'm still going with the Broncos. I think that defense, the Denver defense, is going to give Phillip Fitz. I don't know what to say about Denver's offense, but I think Denver's defense is going to dictate the pace of that game. I'm going with the Broncos to upset them in L.A. And then the Sunday night game is the uh, rematch of the Super Bowl. New England Patriots versus the Atlanta Falcons. Patriots at home. They're favored. That defense still hasn't got it together. Atlanta blew a 17-point lead last week. but And I, I think that they blew that 17-point lead last week in part because they were overlooking the team that they were playing. I think that they had New England circled on their schedule. And they were already looking towards this week seven which is what led them to lose week six. I think Atlanta's going to come in ready. I think they're going to expose New England's defense, and I'm picking the upset. I'm picking Atlanta to get their revenge against the Patriots. And then the Monday night game, Philadelphia Eagles versus the Washington Redskins, a good division rival game this year. I'm going with Philly. They're at home. And as of right now, every time I pick against Philly, they do something that's pretty amazing. So I'm I'm going to go ahead and trust that they'll do that again. Should be a good game, though. Kirk Cousins, Carson Wentz, they're both playing pretty good football as quarterbacks right now. It'll be a good one. Week 7 of the NFL season gets off, and it starts with a bang with the Thursday night football game. Kansas City Chiefs at the Oakland Raiders. 30 Kansas City to 31 Oakland is the final score and talk about a finish Carr throws what is the game tying touchdown with just seconds left on the clock they go to make sure to verify that it's a touchdown and they overturn it and they say that the receiver was down at the one yard line so Oakland goes up first and goal they throw into the end zone Crabtree catches it for what appears to be that again game tying touchdown they call offensive pass interference so now they get backed up some yards car goes for it again his receiver drops it in the end zone and then it's defensive pass interference they get moved back up to the one they go for it again defensive pass interference again mind you there's no time on the clock there's like three plays that they run with zero on the clock on the game clock but you can't finish with the defensive penalty so they keep getting another shot so after a touchdown overturn and three penalties in a row Carr finally hits Crabtree for a very sick throw and catch right by the pylon for the game tying touchdown they kick the extra point they win what an amazing finish to that game and start to week seven of the NFL wow and uh as far as Kansas City's concerned, that's two losses in a row. They normally say these things come in twos, and that's exactly what happened for them. They are now 5-2, and two, 
and they've left room for the Raiders to get back into that AFC West division because now Oakland is to three and four. They're two games out, but Derek Carr looked amazing. Over 400 yards and three touchdowns. Amari Cooper went over 200 yards receiving and got in the end zone twice. That's the first time he got in the end zone since week one. And then Alex Smith still looked good. Over 330 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. They lost a close one to a division rival. He's still playing MVP caliber football. It's going to be very interesting to see how the AFC West plays out as the Raiders appear to get back on track. And Navarro Bowman looked good in his Raider debut. He'll figure out the rest of the defensive scheme. He made a mistake. Uh, he made one or two mistakes, it looked like, blown coverages. Another thing I'm taking from the game, sorry to jump, is, you know, Mr. Beast Mode going Beast Mode on the line judge and getting ejected. So it'll be interesting to see what happens as far as that goes. Hope the rest of Week 7 NFL is just like this. What an exciting game. Let's talk NBA basketball now. Doubleheader basketball on TNT Thursday night. Game 1 was Oklahoma City versus the New York Knicks. And the, the new OKC trio balled out of control. And uh, they got 71 points combined between them. The, the new members of Oklahoma City, which would be Carmelo Anthony, he got traded from New York to Oklahoma City and Paul George got traded from Indiana to OKC to go with Russell Westbrook who is the reigning MVP and averaged a triple-double for the season they looked really good they look like they're gonna be a force in the Western Conference that's for sure this was Melo's first game against the Knicks in his debut with his new team he's going against the team that traded him Melo put up 22 points. Paul George put up 28-13 in the first quarter. They got out hot. And Russ did what Russ does. He got a triple-double. 21 points, 10 boards, 16 assists. They look good. Recently retired Paul Pierce was on ESPN. He picked Oklahoma City to win the NBA title this season. Of course, everybody's been kind of getting on him for that in his prediction because of course they're in the Western Conference with the Golden State Warriors who have the best odds to win the title out of any team in any sports in the history of the odds makers but Paul Pierce says that OKC is going to win it the formula of having three all-stars and one of those players being a top five player in the league is what he says normally takes to win a title they have that formula they've got some scoring they're long I don't know if they're deep enough to hang with the Warriors in a series, but keep note, OKC picked by Paul Pierce to win the NBA title. Second game of the TNT doubleheader was Battle of LA, Clippers versus the Lakers. And and the Clippers beat them 108 to 92. They added about 20 points for a lot of the game. They got it just under 20 to finish it out. And I, what I took from the game is I can't really tell if the Clippers are that good or if the Lakers are going to be that bad. And I know Laker fans don't want to hear that. There's been a lot of hype going into their young, talented team. But a little light in the ass, you know. Brandon Ingram weighs about 14 pounds, soaking wet in some combat boots. Lonzo's a little frail. They just, they look like they need to hit the gym. And I know... People will say that Kevin Durant's not the biggest guy, and he he was criticized about not being so strong. But he learned to play the game, and it's worked out pretty well for them. 
which is true. He is he's an exception to that rule. You don't got to be buff. Basketball players don't got to be buff, but you got to be somewhat strong. I mean, these guys are getting bullied when they're trying to cut through the paint and when they're coming off of screens and picks. They're they're getting bumped around a lot. They need to hit the weight gym. Uh, Lonzo had an off night scoring, but he showed some promise. He hit a three-pointer, but he had nine boards. He had four assists, blocked a shot. He was hustling throughout the game. His offensive game will come along, but he showed the vision. He showed the hustle that I know a lot of people were hoping that he showed. I don't know if Clarkson gets enough recognition, but Clarkson on the Lakers is a stud. He's probably their best player as of right now. I know Magic Johnson, Genie Bus, they've been doing a lot of hype in this team up and uh, Charles Barkley said there's a 0% chance that the Lakers make the playoffs. I I'm, I can't think of a team that they're going to be better than out of the teams that made the playoffs. And there are some good teams in the West that didn't make the playoffs last year. So playoff bound, I don't know. Um, Lonzo's going to have a target on his back. Patrick Beverly, the point guard on the Rockets, was just going at him. He wanted to make sure that this rookie, Lonzo Ball, the rookie, uh, understood he was in the NBA and I have a feeling that a lot of people are going to be going at Lonzo because of because his daddy and the, and the stuff that his daddy talks is putting a target on Lonzo's back hopefully he can ball and catch up and not let the extra shoves and the taunts get to him and he can go out there and stay calm and, and play his game just let it do what it do baby but man the Clippers looked really good Blake Griffin was shooting threes making threes hit 29 points 12 boards had a crazy dunk Patrick Beverly was harassing people on defense I already mentioned how he got at Lonzo he was a really good offseason pickup for the Clippers he's a scrappy defender and in a league that is very point guard driven you need somebody that is no nonsense when it comes to trying to shut people down as far as the Clippers are concerned, I mean, oh, DeAndre Jordan had 20 boards, but is Lou Williams, Austin Rivers, DeAndre Jordan, Patrick Beverly, Blake Griffin, is that enough to really compete offensively with the Warriors? And I know you have DeAndre Jordan in the middle, blocking shots to play D, and you have Patrick Beverly out front playing D. I mean, as far as your backcourt is concerned. Um, but you're going to need some more defensive standouts than that to really hang with the Warriors to try to get them to stop scoring. I really think OKC is going to be the, the toughest competition for the Warriors in the West. Because that team is only going to get better. They're very long. They're going to be able to switch positions. What, the, things that, the things that the Warriors do, which makes them tough for other teams, I could see OKC being able to duplicate that. A lot of switching men, versatile players, long. Before they didn't have the offense to keep up with Golden State, but they had good defense. Now they have the offense with Melo and PG-13 and Russ is an out-of-this-world out star. So I really think that they're going to be the team out of the West that can hang. And I'm not disrespecting the Spurs, but they're a little slower. You know... I guess I shouldn't disrespect the Spurs at all. I shouldn't overlook them at all because I know Spurs fans will say that if Kawhi doesn't roll his ankle by Ja Ja, they win that series. That's a debate for another time. Right now, the Dubs are the champions. All right, and then Friday NBA basketball, 
We get LeBron and the Cleveland Cavaliers traveling to Milwaukee to face the Bucks. So we get LeBron versus the Greek Freak. This guy's already putting up highlight reel material in the first two days of the basketball season. I can't wait to see what he does when Bron Bron comes to town on Friday. And those champion dubs travel to New Orleans to play the Pelicans. So we get, hopefully the dubs are going to bounce back. They lost their first game to Houston at home after the ring ceremony and the banner ceremony. I wonder what they're going to do after. Um, going against Boogie Cousins, the Brow, and the newly acquired Rajon Rondo. He's a good complimentary offensive player, but he loves giving the ball up. And they got two beasts down low. And Boogie can do a lot. And Anthony Davis can do a lot. It's going to be tough. And the Warriors aren't known for being too strong down low. They have the right point guard, which he could fit there. That could be an interesting matchup. Styles Styles make fights, and that could be a, a tough fight for the Warriors. We'll see what happens on Friday. Like I said, this is Cal and KO on Anchor. Feel free to hit us up. K-A-L, that's Cal, and KO. K-O. Mattia, what's going on? Uh, all right. I was sitting here with my my, uh, my boy Calvin. We have our little podcast that we're recording, and I was like, I gotta call Mattia to get a comment about uh, racial tensions in America, politics, football. Just you moved over here to America at a very uh, odd time, yeah. and I, I want to get your take on on stuff you see on TV, uh, people you approach, uh, just the difference of being over here versus over in uh, Italy. Racial tensions in the U.S. historically have been different than in Europe, you know? I mean, we don't have, uh, I think, the same past that attaches these uh, issues. Uh, I think things are much more acceptable and, uh, and mixed in Europe uh, as we've had, uh, you know, we've been much more socially aware. Yeah. And, uh, and to me, it was very strange to see uh, uh, under President Obama... Uh, that racial tensions actually increased and um, I'm still trying to figure it out (laughs) (laughs) you me and everybody else in the first time figure that out (laughs) right exactly you know so uh, but I hope things will get better I think uh, you know I think it's uh, periods of life you know there's been a lot of changes I think uh, you know you had the hip hop generation that came up and then, as you know, some people uh, basically embraced it. Some other people, uh, you know, are still, uh, you know, are still holding on to um, old uh, and silly values. So uh, hopefully, uh, you know, I think they'll be able to work it out. How, how are you enjoying football Sundays over here? Are you, are you, get, are you getting into football Sundays? Watching football all day on Sunday? <laughs> Not yet, because I can't figure out, I just got this uh, satellite dish, and I can't figure out which channels uh, show me the football. I think I got the wrong one. I think I got this, uh, I didn't get AT&T, DirecTV, so I don't know. <laughs> I have oh, no idea man. where to look at the moment, but I will get into it, without a doubt. You know, loved it, used to watch it, so, you know, I can't wait. And I've been following also this... Uh, Silly thing about the flag, about everything under Trump. Another, uh, another fun and exciting uh, 
you know. How, uh, what do you think about that? Like the, the <laughs> you think it's just a waste of time, like silly American stuff, or the, the debate of the flag? I think it is silly American stuff. I think uh, it's uh, you know. I think there's other issues in the world. Uh, you know, more important uh, at this point. You know, like the North Koreans, the Chinese. You know, those islands. Uh, you know that uh, everybody's fighting. Uh, uh, about that are just rocks in the middle of the sea, um, you know. I think um, I think it's very silly, and I think there, you know. I mean, uh, the U.S. was built on freedom of speech, so if somebody is mad at something, you know, they should be able to express it, right, without violence. Yeah, That's right. It. Very true. Yeah. yeah, that was a key thing. Yeah. Was that it was all nonviolent, and people are making a big deal, like they're just going out there blazing guns and telling people Absolutely. what to do and not. It was like just a freedom of expression. At the end of the day, no one really cares how you express yourself. That's your opinion. You know. Next question, please. I thought I would move on. Couldn't agree more. Absolutely. Yeah. So how's it going? How's everything going? Uh, we're good. I'm just over here with Calvin recording the show. Great. Uh, enjoying it. Yeah. Um, Kasim said you got. Don't you have a? You have a child playing football. Yeah, I have. I, uh, actually, I have two that just started, but one flag football, and uh, and that's cool. <laughs> the other one, he's uh, he's playing at Cathedral Catholic, and uh, he is, I think, the youngest kid in school. So he just turned turned thirteen. So you know, and it's proper football. So um, you know, I'm getting a little bit worried because he's uh, you know he's got much bigger kids uh, hitting him pretty hard. And, uh, I mean, I just worry about these big helmets. Yeah. You know? They're so heavy. So, you know, I mean, uh, I think you guys should work on really uh, put I it think, out there. Let's I make a lighter helmet. They should go back know? to leather helmets, I, I swear. It would make all the concussion problems go away because no one's going to run into somebody full speed with their head if they have a leather helmet on. With no That's face, right. with, I mean, with no face running, mask. You know, I mean, they tackle each other really hard and it's quite a violent game. But uh, they don't go and spear each other head on, you know. Yeah. I think I think you're absolutely right. Plus, plus would have to teach, would have to learn again to tackle properly, you know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think, and I think you know, it's kind of like soccer in Europe. Soccer, you know, you used to actually have to go around the guy to get the ball. Yeah. But now you just have to go through him. <laughs> as long as you can go through the ball, as long as you touch the ball at some point. It's not a foul. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, so, you know, we used to actually, I think technically, even uh, be a lot better. You know, you had you know, to actually dribble and go around and get the ball from the guy. You know, nowadays you just slide, you know, and see what you, got, what you get. So it's much more dangerous for the athlete, for their knees and their ankles. And I don't think it makes for better players. So it's kind of like the same thing, you know. I mean, except that, you know, in uh, American football, you've got... Your head first. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I agree with you. Oh, yeah. I agree 100%. But love the game. Love football. Great game. Smart game, which is what I love the most. Yeah. It's an intelligent game. You've got to learn how to play. You've got to know where you are on the field so you can block for uh, for other people as well. You know, you can. Uh, you always have to be aware of everything. I think that's, uh, I think that's a great, I think that's a great sport. Yeah. How big is American football in Europe? It's not. It's not. Um, <laughs> it's not. That's That's the answer. It's not. <laughs> they tried, um, you know, they, uh, the NFL plays, I don't know if they still do it. They did it, I think, last year, in the last couple of years. Yeah. Some, uh, some games in, in England. Yep. Right? In the UK. Um, I don't, uh, 
I don't think it's catching up very much in the rest of Europe. I mean, it's really a soccer is a thing. I mean, soccer is like a religion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people go crazy. You know, they, they, you know people kill each other at the stadiums. So uh, you know, it's a, it's a mania. It's a complete mania, and um, you know, and I think it's going to be very, very difficult to, uh, you know, to to get football, American football, in. You know, I mean, look at uh, how many years soccer took to uh, to get to the U.S. and now it's it's uh, you know it's getting bigger. But I mean, right. wow, yeah. it's, it's taken it's taken like 50 years, you know. <laughs> so, and plus Europeans, I mean, I don't know how much their willingness, uh, you know, they, they, they willingly will put a helmet exactly and just go and bang heads, <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> So, that seems to be an American so I'm not, concept. I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not sure it'll pick up. But uh, again, I think it's a fantastic game. Last, great. La- last question. Uh, can you talk to us about your uh, Olympic experience? Remember, you're a, a sprinter. Well, really? I mean, yeah. I was going to. I, I tried to make the Olympics, but uh, I didn't make it. You know, because uh, I was trying, and uh, and uh, and my wife at that moment got pregnant, so I actually had to go and get a job. <laughs> So that got slightly on my way. Decide about you know throwing up. I don't know how many times training. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, but I have a lot of friends, and we've trained. You know, I have a hobby, a company that trains uh, athletes, and uh, we've trained. I don't know, 60, 70 Olympic-winning athletes, Olympic medal-winning athletes, whether it's gold, or bronze, or silver. And, uh, you know, and I think, I think it's great. I mean, I think the Olympics are fantastic. It's always a communion, you know, of what the best uh, a human being can do. Of course, you know, then uh, there we get into the politics of doping and who are the strongest countries, etc., etc. I mean, what can we say, you know? Yeah. <laughs> what can we say? Again, another, other issues, you know? But, yeah, uh, yeah I love the Olympics. And, uh, but, you know, I don't know how the millennial uh, like them doesn't look like at the moment uh, they're uh, enjoying them because it seems like all the, um, the viewings are down. We'll have to see. While American football, I think uh, college is an all-time high, right? Yes. Yeah. Right. A lot of yeah, good stuff going on there. What about the NFL? I mean, is this Trump thing ex- uh, you know, affecting? The ratings, are, <laughs> ratings are down a little bit, but we don't know if it's directly because of the Trump thing or just because of the fact that they're not putting the best product out there every Sunday. So yeah. people are kind of just like... They're, they're tired of being duped for expecting a great game and then the best players aren't playing that day. Yeah, maybe too, maybe too many games, you know? And that's also why I'm, I'm having a difficulty. It used to be Monday football, right? Yeah. Yep. And then it used to be, and, and Saturday was college, and then Sunday was, uh, was again, uh, pro football. But now it seems like it's almost every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Monday, Thursday night, and then they got uh, Sundays, and then during the playoffs, it's Saturday. So they're trying to... I think maybe that's why, you know, just too much. Well, yeah. Matia, thank, thank you for your time. Uh, thank you for the contribution to the show. Well, it's a pleasure. And we're definitely going to talk. We're going to be grabbing you again, too, to uh, get you out of your house to show you a little more of uh, San Diego. Oh, please do. This is the week seven NFL wrap up break right here. A lot of exciting football played this last week. If you didn't watch football, you really don't care to hear me 
tell you about what happened. But if you did watch football this last week, I'm just going to give you some of the things that stood out to me. First off, what the fuck is up with the 49ers? My goodness. I'm a 49er fan my whole life. They playing against the Cowboys, a team I've hated since the 90s. And they get worked over like that. They still haven't won a game all season. And this hasn't been going on for me just this year. I can remember the moment where I started to realize that me and my team were going to have problems. I was working DJing. I happened to be wearing a 49er hat. I don't know a shirt. I might have been wearing a 49er shirt too. That's irrelevant. But I definitely had on a 49er hat. And somebody in the bar that I was DJing that night recognizes my hat. Makes a comment about the Niners and says, 49ers, man, that's what's up. Fuck Harbaugh. Because this is just at the time where Harbaugh had left the Niners. Me, I was a Harbaugh fan. But I was a little sensitive about the fact that he left. You know, not a lot of Niner fans were hurt. You know, some people were like, good, we can we can move on without him. Some people were like, no, we need that guy. I was like, yo, I felt like we needed that guy. But I was upset that he also left. So anyways, Kasim was with me this night when I was working. And normally he's not hanging out with me. And the gentleman that saw my hat didn't recognize Kasim at the time. Um, had just got done playing for the 49ers. So when he hears the guy go, fuck Harbaugh, Kasim waits for the guy to walk away. Kasim leans over to me and he goes, no, fuck that ownership. It's uh, it's it's Balky's fault that Harbaugh's gone. And if he didn't get in a little fight with Harbaugh and they had kept Harbaugh there, then all of these people that are retiring and going to other teams, they would still be on the Niners. I'd still be playing for the Niners if Balky didn't get rid of Harbaugh. That ain't fuck Harbaugh. That's fuck Balky. And that's what the Niners get for doing all of that dumb shit because they didn't trust their coach when they should have trusted the coach. They should have heard the locker room. They should have trusted the locker room and they didn't trust the locker room. Did I do a good KO right there? I think I just did. I think I, the, the, the pace in my voice, I think that was pretty damn solid. But anyways, that was what happened in the bar when I was playing that night. And Kasim was there and he heard, you know, the fuck Harbaugh comment. And at the time I, I was hurt I didn't want to believe him I didn't believe that the coach In the locker room made that big of a difference For the players I mean I did but not to that effect So when I heard that it was a management thing And not um, Harbaugh being Greedy and wanting to go back to Michigan It was more a thing of They were forcing him out That hurt my feelings I was getting a little disappointed with the Niners at that time It started then that's pre-Kaepernick situation. And then the Kaepernick. And then, I mean, and then, you know, Harbaugh's gone. And then they bring, you know, they promote the, the I don't know what he was, the offensive water boy. I don't know what he was. Tom Sulo, he became the coach for a year, and that was a train wreck. And then they tried Chip Kelly, and that was a train wreck. So then they decided they were going to clean it all out. And then they bring in John Lynch, who I, no disrespect to John Lynch, but... A guy with no experience getting a job, a very important job in the league. And then they bring in Kyle Shanahan, a guy with no experience doing what he's doing, but a talented person nonetheless. And then, you know, and in between that was the Kaepernick thing and the kneeling. And I won't get into the Kaepernick thing. I'm going to just get back on point. What the fuck is up with the Niners? Can y'all win a game, please? As a Niner fan, I'd still like to be a Niner fan. 
I'd like to see you guys get in the win column. You guys are right there battling with Cleveland. You guys are on the clock. Can you please get it back together? What the fuck is up with the 49ers? On another note, what the fuck was Cam Newton wearing at that post-game press conference? I know y'all saw it. And hey, he's a stylish guy, I guess. He rocks foxtails on his cleats and on his belt buckle and leopard print and zebra print and all types of prints and skinny jeans and jeggings and capri pants. I don't get it, but all right, you're a fashionable dude. What what are you doing? You just lost the game. And you up there looking like you, you know, got dipped in gold and like you're the part chef or a skinny version of what was the fat dude on Fat Albert I don't know what you were doing what the fuck were you doing here's what you do Cam I got an advice for you you pack two outfits when you go on the road one for when you win one for when you lose cause that outfit right there was not the business just saying And what the fuck just happened in the AFC West? Kansas City loses two in a row. Chargers now have won a couple. They shut out Denver. What the fuck happened to Denver's offense? The Raiders win two. Then they lose four. Then they get back on it and they win one. So now there's really only a two-game difference between first place and the people coming after them. What happened? It was supposed to be Oakland's division at the beginning of the season. Kansas City getting in the wild card. And that all switched hella early. And then Oakland beats Kansas City. They've lost two in a row. The Chargers were looking terrible. Now they've won a couple. Denver, we don't know what's going on there. What the fuck just happened in the AFC West? And then what the fuck just happened in the AFC East? Now all they teams want to look competitive. They all want to look like they're balling all of a sudden. New England ain't got no defense, so they, they they see the blood in the water and they want to go get them. I mean, Buffalo beating up on Tampa, New York Jets, and the uh, Dolphins having close games. Cutler's hurt, no surprise, but Matt Moore comes in and does a good job. What the fuck's going on in the AFC East? Shout out to Shady McCoy, because he is balling. And I know this isn't week seven NFL football but since I'm on a what the fuck soapbox rant right now what the fuck is up with the Dodgers being in the World Series come on man seriously highest payroll y'all supposed to be there but y'all normally ain't there and I'm a little upset that you are magic bringing winning mojo to the Dodgers that hurts Dodgers please fall back on the fuck it up train Please fall back on the fuck it up train. What the fuck are y'all doing? What's the password? Dodgers suck. What's the password? Dodgers suck. What's the password? Dodgers suck. Good kid. Dodgers suck.